Welcome to the next episode of the Brio in the Box podcast. Very special episode here today. We have two special guests from the Saskatoon Police Service. We have the organizers of the First Responder Fitness Festival, Chris Harris and Angela McDade. Thanks for being here today, you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Now, I'm going to hand it over to you to give me a little intro and a little background on yourselves. Why don't we start? We'll go ladies first. Let's go Ange first. Oh, okay. I guess in terms of the the police service, I have been around there now for just over nine years. I got hired in 2014 and had moved to Saskatoon from the East Coast with my husband, who also is employed with SPS. I've spent the majority of my career in patrol on the front lines, and the last couple of years I've moved into the gang unit, and Chris and I crossed paths during our time in patrol together. All right, and Chris? I am a 17-year member. I was hired back in 2006 after a brief career prior to that in broadcasting. Like, I spend most of my time on the street. Right now, I am the sergeant of the bike unit, our community response unit, where I've been for two years. Yeah, essentially my my nuts and bolts of my career. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about each of your interests in fitness and how this helped to align you guys in terms of your mission with the fitness festival. Chris, why don't you go first? What's your background or what are you into in terms of fitness and activities? I've always kind of been just a bit of a sporty guy. I played hockey growing up, played ball in the summer, just kind of like a typical Saskatchewan kid. Then took up golf later on. And then in about 2014, I was shown a video of Tough Mudder. And from there, I was like, I need to do that. And basically, I haven't looked back since then. I've competed in international events. I've competed in national events. Just really got bit by the OCR bug obstacle course racing bug and just thought it was just an amazing way to challenge yourself, push yourself. And so in addition to regular training for just life and the sports I continue to play, I'm just a dedicated OCR racer. Oh, that's awesome. How about you, Ange? So I just essentially kind of grew up as an outdoor kid, grew up in the country. We would come home from school and we're sent out on our bikes or kind of into the woods to go build camps or whatever. Like we were always just running around. And then in middle school is when I got into more organized sports, which for me was ice hockey, which I absolutely loved and kept playing essentially until I was done with grade school. And then after that, I slowly fell into the CrossFit space for the last several years. And then specified a little more into weightlifting and that's been my my niche for the last few years yeah so combined you guys bring an interesting background right on the more endurance side and on more of the strength sports side crossfit kind of lives in the middle of both of those things so given both of your interests in fitness and athletics what was the problem that you noticed within the police service essentially like for me i guess i will say It felt very much like you finished police college and there was such a focus on exercise and all this stuff, but you were never really given any tools to continue it, especially jumping into shift work in a stressful job that being in police college, none of us had been exposed to really before. So like for me personally, when I came back from police college within the first couple of years, I gained a significant amount of weight from not being used to shift work, from not knowing how to fuel my body or eat for shift work. And then not really knowing how to train or exercise around a lack of sleep and all that kind of stuff. So 
not to say that like the fitness festival necessarily would have fixed any of those things, but I think it creates more of a group mentality around it. And it also is something that a lot of people want to be involved in and want to stay fit and train for. So you can maybe align some of your training with wanting to do that and not essentially embarrass yourself. But I do think there's a huge gap in that part of our industry is getting booted out of police college with nothing. And I mean, while we're down there, we're eating cafeteria food from, you know, the U of R and you're not really sent home with any tools. We're not even, I don't think, through our benefits covered for dietitians or any kind of nutritional help. So that would be one of the issues that I saw fairly quickly after coming back from police college and being catapulted into this crazy career. Mm -hmm. Chris, how about you? What are some of the struggles you've had or seen within your colleagues in your community? I think the big thing was when same, same type of idea. When I came back from police college, when we were down there, you saw it was kind of an envy thing. Regina, the Regina Police Service, they had a wellness coordinator. This is back, I, I'm talking 2006. They had a wellness coordinator who did noontime classes for the members who wanted to come. It was always energetic and the camaraderie was great. And then you came back here and we had nothing. We were still in our old station. We had a tiny little box gym. We didn't really have any type of resources. And so you spent 18 weeks at police college being told like doing fitness every day and doing these classes. And then you come back and it's just like over. And not to throw anybody under the bus, but there's people that I went to police college with that I know have not been in the police college. And whether it's just, it's so easy to fall into those trappings where it's just like, I don't have time or I'm out of shape and I don't want to put in the effort to get back in shape or it's just not a priority for me or family life and all those things. So I think before we had moved to the new station, I just thought, and I had done an issue paper for it, just like, why do we not have a wellness coordinator? And then from there, just all the benefits that come with it, nutrition, like after that, just having somebody that you can go to for nutrition, for a workout plan, for all those things, just because it's such a huge component of mental health and just feeling good and being able to be safe at your job and be competent at it and mm -hmm. all those things. Like it just was such a vital component that just was so overlooked. And I just couldn't, for the life of me, understand why. Mm -hmm. So is it fair to say you attempted to address the problem from the top down, right? You said you wrote some issue papers and went at it from an organizational perspective. And then it feels to me like the fitness festival was more of a grassroots effort. Is that fair to say, like, let's do something from within the community and grow it from the ground up, make it more of a cultural thing of being fit as part of being part of the police service? Yeah, I think they went, went hand in hand. I mean, when we first had the idea, I, it was just, it started from Spartan Games YouTube series and it was a competition thing and they pit all these athletes from all these different disciplines, CrossFit, ultra marathoners, Olympic athletes, NFL guys, OCR people. And they put them in this three-day competition and just to see who's the fittest, very much like the CrossFit world, like fittest on earth kind of thing. Yeah. And Angela and I just watched it and thought, how cool would it be if we could do this within our own service? And then from there, I think we just started reeling in every other type of organization and how can this benefit it? Who else can this benefit in other organizations? And, and it just snowballed from there. Whereas it just started as an idea that we thought it would be super cool to do because we were both into fitness and other people were, but nobody 
really did it as a as a group. It was kind of everybody just kind of did their own thing. Some people did CrossFit. Some people did just traditional bench press, military press stuff. And some people just played sports. And I think it just served as an umbrella to bring all these people under it and say, hey, look, we all have the common interest in being fit. And and then from there, we just sent offshoots off in so many different directions that it's taken on a life of its own, really. Mm-hmm. So 2022 was the first year that the festival was organized, correct? Last year, last October. So it sounds like the goal was to give people like some accountability, maybe something to shoot for, something to bring people together, like the camaraderie of training and maybe a little friendly competition to push each, each other outside of their comfort zone and something. What did Ange say? To not embarrass yourself? <laughs> Keep the yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I and I think it's true. I think at the end of the day, anyone that signed up to do this competition made sure they were in the gym, made sure they were doing things they wouldn't normally do. Like we had people who were absolutely terrified for a trail run because we wouldn't tell them the distance. It was just going to be a surprise. So there were people who never run, who were out running and doing things that they wouldn't normally do and making sure that they were comfortable with their fitness to not come out and I guess there's no really better word for it to not embarrass yourself in front of your coworkers, in front of other agencies and in front of like potentially a venue full of people from the public. So I think, yeah, like embarrassment or just, you know, like wanting to be able to do well in front of people is something that holds you accountable. Mm -hmm. So does that summarize the goal or besides inspiring your coworkers to spend more time and prioritize their fitness a little more? Did you guys have any other goals in trying to bring this event together? I mean, ultimately, it took on a charitable component because we figured, well, we're doing this and it'd be a great opportunity to raise money for charity. So that was definitely, it became a goal. And then once we incorporated the other agencies, I think it would just became an, an interagency camaraderie thing. And so building those gaps between delivery from other agencies. I mean, we, we see paramedics and we see fire guys and gals at calls, but it's in a professional atmosphere. You're not Mm going to be like, Hey, how's things Like you just don't have time for chit chat. And it's usually you do your job and you're off to the next thing. So what it allowed us was to build these relationships where you now see somebody that either competed or was at the event or volunteered. They're like, hey, Larry, how are things? And then you just build that personal connection rather than just be a person who's in a job, who's in a uniform and sees somebody and then goes a different way. Yeah. I think that was another huge uh, goal and, and accomplishment that we were able to, a benefit that we were able to see from the event. Yeah, good connections. Yeah, I think even like within our own agencies, we had inspector level to special constable level like training together and getting to know each other or very senior members to members who had just started who otherwise would have never met like it just it it did bridge a lot of gaps in terms of relationships and knowing people outside of work on a more personable level and I think to speak outside of policing I think with the medics there was a huge trickle effect their entire team of 20 people started doing CrossFit and then the people who were competing but were working with these people at Medivy were like, well, I want to do that. So then these other people join CrossFit and there's a huge portion of Medivy now that are like 
consistently going to a gym and like working out when they haven't before. And there's just been this trickle effect, I think, of seeing it benefiting their coworkers' lives and wanting to jump on that train and be part of the group and whatever. So so I think there's there's been a huge benefit in in that way too. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. And obviously way more successful than had there been a mandate that came from the top down of you have to exercise for this many minutes every week and now it's part of your job or your contract, right? That's much less motivating than exactly what you described, right? Is feeling the inspiration and maybe a little bit of social pressure from within the group and it kind of builds itself as just part of the culture from the ground up. Let's circle back to the charity aspect. Chris, you mentioned that the event took on a charitable aspect. Tell me more about what you ended up raising money for. And so last year, we decided just because it's such a, an important issue and something that's prevalent is not going away anytime soon, would just be is just the mental health aspect in terms of first responders and PTSD awareness. And, and just, I mean, you see it everywhere in society, like bells, let's talk, okay, and try to break down those stigmas of it's okay to not be okay and just bring it out of the shadows and make it okay. And then also provide assistance and support rather than just it's all well and good to be like we're listening but you also want to be like mm-hmm. we're listening and we can help and this is how we can do it so yeah. when we partnered with Osacan, they they're a charity that's a national charity that's geared at work at offering first responders and their families programming if it's lacking in whatever avenue they're they find themselves in and then the other aspect of it is that I mean, when people think of first responders, they automatically think of the big three or big four. You throw nurses and doctors in there. But I mean, Osakan also supports a tow truck driver who might be suffering because he went to an accident scene and had to take away vehicles where there's fatalities. And those are the things that people I don't think think of when they think of first responders. Mm-hmm. But in partnering with Osakan, it was just such an important, wide sweeping charity that we were. It was a it was a natural fit. Yeah, that's great. How much were you able to raise to donate last year? Uh, we just did over $25,000. Wow. We were blown away by, I mean, especially for a charity that, or an event that started with nothing. It was an idea. Yeah. yeah. Zero dollars in the bank, zero supplies, zero anything. So to be able to raise that money, it was, it was huge for us. Yeah, that's amazing. So you have this idea, like you said, starting with nothing, building from zero. And where did you go from there? You just started reaching out, asking people, how did you bring it from zero to such a successful event? I mean, it almost didn't happen multiple times. We almost scratched it so many times. And I I feel like our timing was bad off the hop because initially when we started talking about it, it was immediately before COVID. So we had started talking about it and brainstorming. And then, of course, we were hit with a pandemic and it was shelved for a couple of years. So then when we kind of brought the idea back, we had to make 60 people believe that our idea was a good one. (laughs) And we had nothing to show for it. We didn't have, we couldn't really explain what it was going to be. It was like, go watch the Spartan games and decide if you want to do something like that or not. But then, I mean, the Spartan games, I'm sure had an unlimited budget. So for us, we're like, yeah, we're going to try to scrounge up whatever we can to get out on the field. Like we just had no idea really what we were in for. So there was a lot of persuading that needed to happen for us to rope in as many people as we did. So there were multiple times where I know Chris and I chatted and thought it's not going to happen. And then we ended up finding Bo and Nathan with Medivy, who 
are avid CrossFitters as well and brought them into the mix. And they brought, I think, a breath of fresh air to our idea that we had been pondering for years at this point. And it kind of went from there. That's amazing. So you rounded up the Gordy House Sports Complex to host. So you had lots of space in the big field out there. That was amazing. I know when you guys approached us and said, hey, we heard you have a rig. <laughs> Can we borrow it? And we went, oh, heck yeah. What else do you need? I got a sea can full of stuff in the back, right? Like, I think, especially within the CrossFit community, there's such an overlap of the CrossFit and first responders, especially that were like, I hope you felt the same from all the CrossFit gyms in the city that everybody was happy to help, right? It's, what do you need? Happy to support the event. Yeah, it was, we definitely couldn't have done it without all of those local gyms that, I mean, because we had... We have some equipment at the station, but otherwise it's not like we're a gym hosting a competition. Like we have yep. nothing. So we really had to rally. And yeah, we had so many gyms that lent us stuff. And yeah, it was awesome. So 60 competitors, you said, was the number you were aiming for? And how many from each of the emergency services did you have? So we did teams, ahead, of, te teams of 20. So we did 10 men, 10 women from each service. So... That was a challenge in itself. Fire does not have a lot of female members. So True. just finding 10 from them was, was a battle. Like Anne said, there was a lot of aggressive cajoling, a lot of back rubbing and telling people that it's going to be okay. We're not going to do anything that, that you can't do. Like yeah. we knew who we had. And so it was just a lot of positive reinforcement. You'll be fine. It's, we're not going to throw anything at you. We're not, we're not looking to embarrass anybody. We're looking to have fun and to to compete and and so yeah getting people to buy in a, on a concept was was probably 75 percent of the battle for that first year and then how many volunteers did it take to pull it off just over 30 i think that was probably just for our competition i mean we, with our whole kids festival area there's another probably dozen so upwards of 50 volunteers yeah that's amazing hey Okay, so tell me more about what else is included in the weekend. So we have teams from each of the three big services, men and women. You mentioned there's a kids portion. Yeah, so I guess essentially um, we knew the competition was going to be awesome <laughs> based on what we had planned, but that only attracts a certain audience. There's only so many people in Saskatoon who want to come watch people work out. So we knew we needed to expand and kind of make it more of a festival, which I guess is why our name has festival in it. So that included like getting our sponsors involved. Anyone who helped us significantly was welcome to come out and set up a booth with whatever services they had. So Born Primitive came out with like their clothing so there could be shopping for people and supplement world and like things of that nature. And then one thing that we really wanted was to kind of, I guess when this whole idea spun up, it was a time during kind of emergency services where things weren't great like the medics and firefighters had just finished with the pandemic which which was a really tough time for them and then on the policing side of things we had just come out of the defund police movement so like we were in a time where like we really needed to feel support from our community and I think part of that was getting kids involved and families involved in wanting to meet first responders in a different way so getting the kids involved to tour a fire truck or tour a police car or do some little medical exams on a dummy, little things like that where they're interacting with people in uniform in a positive way. And then on the side, they can get their face painted and see their mom or dad compete and, and things like that. So we wanted it to be more of like a, a community feel and that there was something for everyone and not just fitness geeks who want to see some <laughs> people run around. Yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. That's a good way to think outside the box instead of just within our own bubble of fitness geeks that love watching people. I can't imagine you wouldn't want to watch people work out. <laughs> that's <something>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And what was the response from like the higher ups in the organization? How did they respond to all of your efforts that went in to make this happen? I don't know that anyone knew what was actually happening until it happened. <laughs> what was the response what after we, it happened? Don't get me wrong. We did have support in terms of like we needed X amount of people to be given the day off so that they could compete. And we needed bike cops to be out on the trail for the trail run. We had resources that were given to us. But I legitimately don't think anyone, including ourselves, really knew what was going to happen that weekend or what it was going to look like. So... Hopefully afterwards, they. I hope you receive some accolades for all of your time and effort and charitable fundraising. Yes, we definitely did. Yeah, that's good. So what did you learn from first year of hosting? There's no one ever nails it the first time. What were some of the struggles or things you'd like to, plans to change or grow or do better in the future? Oh, no, we nailed it the first time. Did you? Amazing. <laughs> Perfect. What did we learn? We learned that managing a lot of people and a lot of moving parts is a very complicated animal. And you have to have a lot of plates spinning at one time. And it's very tricky to keep those plates all in motion. Mm -hmm. Those things. And we were learning everything for the first time. So I think as we progress, we've knocked tasks off that were seemed insurmountable last year that this year they're already in place. So it allowed us to kind of do new things that seemed insurmountable because those other things were taken care of. So it just allows us to kind of grow, but not get crazy growth, but just do different streams. This year we did an online store because we had other things. I don't want to say we had free time because we definitely didn't (laughs) have free time, but we had other things that would have taken up time last year that were requiring less time. So we were like, well, how about this? And We needed to come up with ways to raise money. So almost like a revenue stream. And so Mm -hmm. just having the store is a whole other thing. Did any of us know how to operate a store? Absolutely not. Now you do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I still don't really. It's all Ange. So it's just just little things like that. And so you learn new things every year. And so even looking ahead to next year, it's like, okay, what have we got done? And what do we need to do to go in different directions? How do we change this? How do we streamline it? Just to make our lives easier from an organization standpoint, because it's a near full-time job Mm -hmm. in itself. Just once you incorporate all the moving parts that we have. And so I think moving forward, it's how can we delegate to other people? Who can we bring in? And how can we streamline to make our lives easier so that the event doesn't suffer? And it continues to grow. Yeah. Build on the successes, put things in place and build on it. I've learned from being behind the scenes at the CrossFit Games that basically the whole thing is run by ex-Navy SEALs and everything run like a military operation, basically. I think the thing last year that we were most proud of is just that it ran on time. Yeah. Um, Ange and I ran a very tight ship and we barked at people and we basically... Don't hold anything we say to you this weekend against us, but we need to make sure it runs on time. And we ran on time. Like we, that it was like a Swiss yeah. watch really from a, from a time standpoint. And, and to have the athletes come up afterwards and be like, they ran so well, it ran smooth. There was, 
things weren't an hour behind or we didn't start late. If it said start time, it was start time and yeah. end time. And so little things like that, that we were, there are more happy surprises than anything, mm-hmm. but we'll take it. Well, it's a win. We'll take it. Yeah, that's great. Precision is amazing to be able to do with that many moving parts and plates spinning, like you said. So the event is coming up this year, October 15th, 14th. that weekend, 14th and 15th. And how many, same plans this year, 60 competitors, 2020, Yeah. And how much aggressive cajoling have you had to do to get people to do it or do it again this year? Not as much as last year. Yeah, um, lots of returning people. From the police standpoint, we even had to have tryouts just because we had a certain number of spots open, but not enough or but too many bodies to fill them. So that's a huge, like last, we went from last year having to constantly be like, you're still in, right? You're still doing it. You're still good. You're still good to, sorry, we can't take everybody this year. So I think that's just a, it's a good indication that we ran a good event. Yeah. That's great that people want to do it again. What did you do for tryouts? How did that work? I did fight on bad. Oh. And so basically reps and from there. And then took the top performers. Yeah. Very cool. And so the scoring of the event works for the individuals, like individual leaderboard or just teams for the emergency services? How does the scoring work? So it's essentially individuals earn a score, but then the individual scores are added up to the appropriate team. So there's an overall team winner at the end, but then also individual rankings as well. But essentially the goal of the individuals is to earn points, as many points as you can for your team. That's amazing. So how many events are you planning to run throughout the competition this year? Six events with a kind of a special finale at the end. So I guess technically seven, but six competitive events, which is down one from last year, which we did seven. Um, but the seventh one last year was basically took a minute, if that. Oh, yeah. So it would same amount of events, six, six from last year. Yeah. It's a full, two full days. Like we ask a lot of the athletes. They don't, I, I don't think anybody complained last year. Nobody said it was too much. I think everybody loved it. I think they loved the fact that they all survived. They all, nobody quit. Nobody gave up. I think they loved the fact that they did it. And so we gave them two jam-packed days again this year. And I don't expect anybody's going to complain again. I think they they love the challenge. I think everybody that's there is there for all different kinds of reasons. But I think everybody is there for the reason that they want to be challenged. Yeah, that's... I think, yeah... Personally, like one of the more rewarding things for me last year was people realizing that they're capable of more than they think they are. Like the people who were so terrified that we were going to throw stuff at them that they couldn't do or that was going to be too hard. And then there were so many personal wins. And I think a lot of personal growth that happened with a lot of people that weekend, like knowing that they can run 8K or knowing that they can climb a rope or... You know, like when, you, when you're put under a little bit of pressure and you're in front of people, you will do things that you maybe normally didn't think you could or didn't want to try. So I think that was huge. And one of the things we definitely wanted to accomplish and that we both both experienced through our competitive careers, if you can call them that. But yeah, I think the personal growth like within the teams was amazing to see. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said for occasionally being exposed to something that you can't do. And, you know, maybe you're like, oh, shoot, I couldn't climb the rope, 
even when I wanted to and in front of everybody and you're like, okay, did it make you mad? Great. Use that to fuel you to train harder this year so that next year when you come back, you can do those things, right? So sometimes. Yeah, it was funny. We had someone last year from our team who had never done a rope climb in his life and didn't decide to practice, even though we told people that was going to be a component. And I remember standing at the rope rig and he came around on like his third lap of the obstacle course and he literally just collapsed beside the rope and just laid on the ground. And he was so mad at himself for not practicing rope climbs. And then he texted me the other day and he's like, guess what I did at the gym? And he was so proud of himself for doing this crazy workout that had he made himself so insanely exhausted and then had to climb the rope. So it's definitely that stuff that is a win, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah. I think sometimes the fails are as valuable as the wins. And I think if you're not putting yourself out there to try something that you're occasionally failing at, you're not really testing or finding any limits either. So I think even if people put themselves in those situations and go, oh, I couldn't do it, that you either win or you learn, right? You win the day or you learn. What do you need to work on and maybe let that motivate you a little bit more through the next year? How many people that started working out to get ready for last year do you think kept the habit up? Do you think it was something that helped people stick with it? Everybody. Everybody. That's awesome. I'm saying everybody. You know, everybody kept going or ramped it up because I understand there's people. I know that people who struggled with pull-ups. They're like, I will not going to struggle this year with pull-ups. And, you know, it's something that I've learned through my career as well, my competitive career, is that you come short all the time. And without... Without failure, there's no success. Yeah, because you never know what can be can be until you accomplish it. And so to see people that are motivated by that and incentivized to be like, I am not going to fail again, because mm-hmm. they know what failure is and they they want to feel the success. So it's yeah. huge, just a huge, huge boost for us. This just fuels us to keep us pushing as well. Yeah. It's nice when your efforts, like you said, it's almost a full-time job to organize something like this. But when you can see and feel the impact that that's had in other people's lives, then that's, you know, the warm fuzzies, the good feelings you get back for seeing the impact of all your hard work, for sure. So what are some of the hints that you guys have given out? What do the athletes know that they need to get prepared for? It's funny, like now officially being a month out, everyone's anxiety is through the roof. So the group chat is blowing up more than normal. What have we given for hints? We've told people that if they've never touched a yoke, that they should probably do that. Mm-hmm. They know they'll be running again. Yeah, they can expect to run again. <laughs> and unknown distance again, like last year, you're running, but you don't know how far. Unknown no. distance. Yeah, unknown distance. We have given the hint that they will have to move a heavy object at some point during the run for a short distance. Okay. Um, One of the things that people were concerned about were doing new things or more weight than they're accustomed to. And so a hint that we've given them is that we're not asking them to do more in terms of weight, but we may be asking them to do more with less, which is kind of cryptic, but then it kind of feeds their brain. It's a mind game. You kind of get to screw with them a little bit too. So, I mean, if somebody said that to me, okay, more with less, that means I might be doing a longer thing, but with less weight or so it's, it's fun from an organizational standpoint, because as a guy who's been to obstacle course races, you don't get course maps until some of them I've been to where you don't get it until you show up. And so it's fun to be on the other side of it and be able to screw with people as well. And be like, (laughs) I'm not giving you anything. You, be prepared and expect the unexpected and you'll be good to go. That's it. Yeah. 
So do you think if everyone's been training for the whole year, do you get to program the workouts to a little bit more difficult level, knowing that, like you said, now the base of fitness of the competitors is maybe a little better than it was last year? Yeah, I think me overall, we're asking maybe a little bit more from them, mm-hmm. just given the fact that they have had a year to kind of get one under their belt and, and know what the level was expected last year. So if anybody comes in lesser, that's their own fault. Like they should know <laughs> that they should know that it's going to be more, if not equal to this year. So I would hope that people would have planned accordingly, but yeah, never know. What was your favorite event with how it played out when you had it in your mind and then you saw how it worked on the field? What was your favorite event from last year? Yeah. What did you say? Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. It was a total throw in and it was it was spontaneous because we just nobody knew who was going against who. There was only three ropes going at a time. Everybody was on the floor around in a huddle. So all the teams were there. Stands were packed. It was right after our opening ceremonies. Just the vibe was just, uh, we could not have predicted that it would go like that. It was amazing for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. So my in-laws came out to help volunteer at the event from the East Coast. And my father-in-law is a retired firefighter. And he was telling me stories about how they used to plan literally like tug of war tournaments and that they would fill arenas for tug of war only and i was like what this makes no sense to me i don't get it until the tug of war happened and we were like oh people love this it was pretty crazy to see everyone was on their feet and in it and it was it was insane yeah the best part of it was one-on-one so i think with the with a three-on-three or a five-on-five tug of war you kind of doesn't have to say cash he has like a one-on-one like it's Mono a mano, and especially when the other two ropes are done and you're the only one left, and you've got people screaming and cheering and your teammates yelling to not give up. Oh, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Like it was amazing. Yeah, great moments for sure. Which of the emergency services was the champ last year? Who won? <laughs> it was fire. Fire narrowly narrowly edged us out so did the police service feel like they, they got a little something to make up for this year been training hard got you had tryouts this year you said so <laughs> i think everyone's pretty wound up to uh, take home a w so we'll see should be a good weekend okay so let's wrap some things you mentioned you have an online store what's the website where can people so go our website is yxefrff.ca We sold some merch for the better part of this year, but currently our focus is on raffle. So, and that is, that can all be purchased on the online store. So I think there's seven, seven different prize packages and you can just buy whatever tickets for whatever prize pack interests you most. And all the proceeds go to the two charities we paired up with this year. So we're supporting OCCAN again this year. And then half of our proceeds will go to Kids Sports Saskatoon. Oh, awesome. We're big supporters of Kids Sport. I love what they do. Kids Sport and specifically the local one, right? I'm going to put this in the show notes. Yeah. Down. Yeah. YXE FRFF. And if someone wants to come and watch the event, when, where, and how do they get tickets? What's on for the spectators? So it's free admission for everybody. The best thing to do right now would be to follow us on Instagram or Facebook, which again is YXE FRFF. 
and we'll be posting schedules and event times and stuff probably within the next couple of weeks here as we get closer. We'll also be posting like all the kids activities we have lined up. I know right now we're going to have face painters, balloon guys, grip it climbing is coming out with some stuff for kids and there's going to be tons of stuff to do. So all that will be posted to our social media in the next few weeks. Great. And so you said Saturday, October 14th, Sunday, October 15th, and like full day of activities planned, right? The athletes have a lot of work ahead of them. Potentially nine to five both days. I think I think Saturday is nine to 4.30 and Sunday is nine to six. So, and it's nonstop. There's no like hour break for lunch. It's, it's go. It's go, uh, go, it's, go. It's, it's, it's as the kids say, full send for the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> and at the Gordy House Sports Complex again, yes? Yeah, you pee. Yeah, and all the events are indoors, outdoors, a little mix of both. Indoors, except for the trail run, is outdoors. Okay. And what are the events? I <laughs> Who are you working for? <laughs> I'm neutral. I'm the Switzerland of this thing. I'm neutral to all the services. <laughs> Okay, so you guys, this is great. What is some of the, where would you like to see this thing go in the future? What would be a vision for three or four or five years from now? And let's uh, get this year done first. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you my, if I had a crystal ball and I could do whatever, I would love to see it become a provincial event. I would love to see each city. I would like to see Regina do it. And then maybe RCMP do their own and then come together for a provincial one on a smaller scale, like smaller teams. So let's say we only have, because with a two day event, we're maxed with 60 competitors. We can't do 80. We don't, there's not enough hours in the day and it'd be too much standing around. So if we cap it at 60 and we do 10 from police, Saskatoon, 10 from fire, Saskatoon, 10 from medics, and then 10 from Regina, 10 from somewhere else to get to that 60. I think that would be amazing. I mean, God, if you really want to be like sky's the limit, it could be a Western Canadian thing. It could be, but I mean, there's a lot of things that would have to happen. I would need to be, we would need to have new jobs. <laughs> this would be, this would be our job, right? Like yeah. It would be basically, that's a lot of work. And so that's, that's big, huge pie in the sky. But I mean, hey. There's people that came last year, like Andrew mentioned, Born Primitive, who have been to com competitions across the country. And they were like, you guys have something here. You have a brand. You have something. And what that is, is to be determined. And so I think if we can get other agencies on board and other people to help us, uh, then who knows what, what could happen. But yes, let's get through this year first and go from there. But I mean, dream big. What the hell? Yeah. Do you know of anybody in any other cities, Canada, Western Canada, or otherwise doing anything similar? Or are you guys the first, the pioneers? First. Well, that's amazing. Regina reached out last year because they wanted, they were interested in what we did and wanted to do something. But no, we're the first. This is the first of its kind in, in Canada. To the best of our knowledge, I don't know anybody that's doing, especially as well as diverse as it is in terms of like, as there's an indoor obstacle course, there's DECA workouts, there's trail runs, there's strength components. Like it's so multidisciplined that there's no way I don't think that is touching the things that we do in one event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. 
Do either of you have any experience in a like event organization before? Or did you just happen to be very good at it? No. Just None. Me. We're just both, I think, purely right. anal. <laughs> that's that's what it needs, right? It's just good attention to detail. And that's what keeps with us too is that we didn't want to half-ass it, which was hard because it's like, well, we wanted to do it to the best of our ability. We didn't want to have people show up and be like, well, it's okay. Like we wanted legit obstacles. We wanted uh, a legit trail run. We wanted a uh, strength component. We wanted to test these people. We didn't want them to come and be like, it was okay, but it was kind of like rinky dink. And, and neither one of us wanted to put our name or our stamp on something that was rinky dink. And I think it's, it shows in the level of work that we put into it. And then the result that the, the 60 athletes walked away from it last year going, that was kick ass. We can't wait to do it again. And so that's just our personality is, is that we want it to be as absolutely good as it can. We're not, we're not cutting corners. We're not, if it takes a little extra work to make it happen, we want to make it happen because we want it to be as great as, it, as we know it can be or as great as we want it to be, as great as the athletes deserve it to be. Mm -hmm. I think that was one another rewarding thing last year was people that weren't super involved in the planning or really had no idea what they were walking into and then walked into the event and were like oh my they just weren't expecting it and didn't realize the work that actually went into it and and what it actually was so that was rewarding as well just I think like you said, Chris, people may have been expecting something rinky dink and then they walked in and were like oh this is like real so that was rewarding to you. And, and just thinking off of that, it, it's it's tough for us to appreciate what they get out of it because we see it warts and all, right? We see it from concept on paper and the growing pains and all the stages. So when it happens, we're kind of like, we kept, Ange and I looked at each other numerous times over the course of the weekend and like, I think this is good. I think it's working. <laughs> is I think people are really enjoying it because we don't, we don't get that awe factor when we walk in and be like, holy shit, this is legit. This is, you guys weren't messing around. We don't get that, but we got it from the athletes. And so that, that fills our cup in terms of what it can be, seeing them uh, appreciate what we did to keep you. Yeah, that's what makes it all worth it, right? Let's give some shout outs to your sponsors, the people that helped you pull it off from zero dollars in the beginning. <laughs> so you oh mentioned God. you had Born Primitive. You mentioned Supplement World. Who else do you want to give some kudos and some thanks to for their support? Let me just pull up my little list here so we don't. Well, I will say second year around, oh. it has been much easier to get help like financially from businesses and stuff now that we have something to show for it and some publications and whatever. So this year, I mean, we're super grateful, of course, to all of the local gems again, who are donating equipment, training our teams, all of that type of stuff is huge. Outside of that, like some pretty significant financial donors have been, again, Supplement World, Wheaton GM in Saskatoon, Active Energy, Medivy Health Services West, and then the Paramedic Association as well as the Police Association has been huge. Security Building Supplies, again, donated a lot of stuff for Chris to build some new obstacles. Saskatoon Audiovisual for obstacles. I mean, I could go on and on. There's quite a few others, but the community support is huge. We wouldn't be 
anywhere without that. So yeah, it's great to see the community come together to support something like this. It was overwhelming last year. We, again, zero, like I think we had over 65 contributors from local, like 65 different local businesses that contributed. And then I think this year, what's allowed us to do is incorporate other people that might, that are small business oriented. Like we partnered with Grain Strength, which is one woman business out of Carlisle, Saskatchewan, who does sandbags. The sandbags, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we contacted her. Do you want to be a part of this? And she said, absolutely. Inner Strength, which is like a weightlifting supply, athletic gear kind of company. Again, Prairie based. Do you guys want to be part of this? Absolutely. Like the ability for us to expand and help other businesses that are in this realm is also just an awesome byproduct of the entire event. It's just because Anything that we can do to give others a leg up who have given us a leg up and allow us to do what we're doing, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's just a great symbiotic relationship that, that we've been able to cultivate across the province, really, because we we're, yeah. have other businesses that are well outside Saskatoon that are being a part of this. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're looking forward to a great event. I know it's going to be bigger and better than it was last year. And last year was, you already told me, perfect. So <laughs> I appreciate your time, you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for all of your hard Sorry work. Sorry about my internet. <laughs> we got, we can hear you at least. Thank you. So um, yxefrff.ca, follow Instagram, Facebook, same thing, yxefrff. Come and watch. You can donate. You can buy raffle tickets. Lots of ways to support the event. All right. Thanks, guys. You. Awesome. Thank you.